I don't know how long the channel crossing took. Time stretched on forever when you spent it vomiting. Don't shut your eyes. Finn Kilgore's Scottish burr sounded behind me as I clung grimly to the railing. Makes your stomach worse if you can't see which direction the swells are coming from. I screwed my eyes shut tighter. Please don't say that word. What word? Swells. Just look at the horizon and- Too late, I groaned and leaned over the railing. I had nothing left to bring up, but my stomach turned itself inside out anyway. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see a pair of Frenchmen in dapper suits, wrinkling their noses and edging farther down the deck. A stiff gust of wind whipped across the deck, and my dark green hat with its horrid rolled brim went cartwheeling away. Let it go, I gasped between heaves as Finn made to swipe over the rail. I hate that hat. He smiled, reaching to gather my whipping hair and hold it out of my face as I retched one final time. I'd been hideously embarrassed the first time I vomited in front of him, but now I was too ill for humiliation. That's a delicate stomach you've got for a yank, he observed. Judging from their hot dogs and their coffee, I thought Americans didn't get sick at anything. I straightened, probably looking as green as an old can of peas. Please don't say hot dogs. He dropped my hair. As you wish. We were standing at the opposite end of the boat from Eve because she'd found my misery enormously amusing, and I'd had to retreat before I killed her. Eventually, Finn had joined me. He must have gotten tired of her swearing and her smoke fumes, though it was hard to imagine they were worse than my endless nausea. He leaned back on his elbows against the rail, tipping his head back to look at the boat's squat upper deck. Where do we go once we get to Le Havre, miss? Eve says the woman we need to talk to is in Roubaix so we may as well go there before Limoges. But I was thinking, I trailed off. Thinking what? Rouen first? It came out as too much of a question, and I kicked myself for that. I didn't have to ask permission for where we went next. This was my quest, though that was far too grandiose a word. My mission? My obsession? Well, whatever you called it, my money was funding everything so I was the one in charge. Finn and Eve seemed to take that for granted, something I couldn't help but enjoy after so many weeks of feeling like a leaf on the surface of a whirlpool. We'll go to Rouen, I said firmly. My aunt left Paris and moved to the summer house for good after the war, Rose's mother. She wasn't very forthcoming in her letters, but if I turn up on her doorstep, surely she'll talk to me. I thought of my French aunt with her endless rattling handbag full of pillboxes for all the illnesses she was convinced she was dying of, and I wanted to seize hold of her bony arms and shake her till she coughed up the answers I wanted. Why did Rose leave home in 43? What happened to your daughter? I looked across the deck and saw the eight-year-old Rose, wiry and freckled, skipping along the rail. She smiled at me, and then I saw she wasn't Rose at all. She didn't even have Rose's blonde hair. I watched the child run back to her mother at the bow, and still my imagination tried to tell me it was Rose's fair plaits bouncing against that narrow back, not a stranger's brown ones. Rouen, I repeated. We'll stay the night in Le Havre, then drive in the morning. We could get there tonight if we could take the train. Eve had flatly refused to consider anything but car travel, and so I'd had to fork over a good sum to have Finn's Lagonda lifted ponderously up into the boat by crane. 
like we were British lords off for a continental motoring jaunt with a champagne picnic. For what it cost to bring the car, and because of the car we had to take the slower boat to Le Havre rather than Boulogne, I could have ferried six people to France and back. Couldn't that cow buck up and suffer a train ride? I grumbled. I don't ken she could, Finn said. I glanced at my unpredictable ally at the other end of the deck. On the car journey, she'd been by turns insulting or silent, refusing to get out of the car when we reached Folkestone, and Finn had to escort me to buy tickets for the channel crossing. When we came back to the Lagonda, she'd disappeared, and after going up and down in the car, we found her standing outside a shabby row house marked number eight on the parade, just standing there, scowling. Still wonder where that skinny English boy went, she said, apropos of nothing.